Welcome, and thank you for coming out this evening. My name is Shannon Cook, and I am a pastoral elder here at Community CRC. If you will please turn to Luke 10, 25 to 37 in your Bible, that's page 1028. And then I will pray and then begin with this evening's message. Just wait for the last pages to stop flipping. Okay, let's pray. Lord of light and love, as we are gathered here, prepare our hearts, minds, and souls to hear and receive your word. Amen. So let's read the word this morning, or this evening. <coughs> On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite. When he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return... I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The word of the Lord. Have you ever played the game of risk? It's a board game, a strategy game, where your armies attack and destroy your opponent, conquering his or her territory, and ultimately conquering the world. You roll the dice and hope that it beats your opponents. Otherwise, you lose the armies and territories. Every time you challenge someone and roll the dice, you risk losing or gaining territories and armies. In our text, we find a lawyer also taking a risk, testing the teacher Jesus, but he will discover this is no game. And despite any ill intent he may mean, 
This is about love and salvation. Testing Jesus is risky because out of love for this man, Jesus will tell him something he may not want to hear. In this scenario, we find our friend the lawyer sitting, maybe amongst other lawyers, but not sitting alone. We know this because he stands to ask what appears a reasonable question. Our lawyer friend, you know him. He's clearly an expert in the law. Asks his question not to learn or to listen, but to test the teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life, he asks. However, Jesus responds to the question by asking his own question. Tell me what you think you know. So our friend has a ready answer. The law is fairly simple. There is no doubt. So our friend has a ready answer. And the law, pardon me. And the law is fairly simple. There is no doubt. It's the greatest commandment found in the Torah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Perhaps by now all heads are nodding and there may be many amens that resound throughout. Then Jesus speaks, agreeing with him and adds, do this and you will live. Sounds easy enough. And there was nothing there that anyone could debate. Yet, our lawyer friend is not done and pushes the topic and so tests Jesus further. So who is my neighbor? It appears our friend doesn't really understand who he is questioning. To him, the teacher Jesus is just a man. Here in his presence is Jesus, the Messiah, the one who has all authority, but there is no acknowledgement of this. The lawyer is caught up in his own knowledge and authority on the law and misses understanding who his neighbor really is. Maybe with a wink and a nudge at those closest to him, he believes he knows. It is those whom he loves, his family, his relatives, friends, and those like-minded like himself, right? So let's take a brief look at the lawyer. He is a Jew and an expert in the law. We know this. Maybe a scribe, a priest, or even a Levite. For him, knowing the law gives him an edge that others do not have. And he may be trying to keep it to the letter. All 613 of them. Not difficult. There's nothing wrong with that ideal. Our friend doesn't know what he has asked, nor is he aware of the shock he is about to receive. He believes he is justified. He has kept the laws of his nation. These were principles the lawyer would have known and should have been practicing. He has done nothing wrong. And Jesus is not saying he is wrong. He wants to show our friend and us the deeper truth and meaning behind the greatest law and to awaken all present that all who love God will hear Jesus, 
come to him, respond, and receive the benefits of his offering. So when Jesus answers, do this and you will live, he means this precisely. However, the lawyer is really only concerned about confining the law to the Jews. So Jesus begins to tell the parable of the Good Samaritan to demonstrate the deeper meaning behind these principles. Now, before we go into the parable, do you know about the Good Samaritan Act of Canada? Many of you may have heard about it, perhaps when taking first aid or simply in conversation. In general, the law protects the Samaritan from any wrongdoing should he or she attend someone in need. It also protects the bystander. But once you step up, a point comes when the Samaritan is considered to have legally assumed a duty to act. So should we stop taking first aid or offering help out of fear of being held liable? Well, chances are that we will not be called to help in a dire situation such as the scene in this parable. Yet if we were, in a split second, we process the risks of the dilemma very quickly. There is a decision to help. Showing compassion is risky. Jesus also tells us what is being risked as he starts with what the lawyer thinks he knows. That a priest and a Levite, both Jews, risk becoming unclean. But this is not what Jesus is pointing out. Rather, he is wanting to point out that the Jews already belong to the family of God, whereas the Samaritans were not recognized as such. In his parable, Jesus tells us that people traveled on a well-known treacherous route, a route that slowly rises from Jericho to Jerusalem by 3,300 feet. It is approximately 20 miles in journey. During Jesus' time, the road was called the Way of Blood. As it rises, it is lined with hills and with caves, places where the thieves would rush down onto travelers. And sadly here, a man is attacked. So perhaps the priest and the Levite saw this poor man well down the road and maybe had time to stop and consider the cost of assisting. First, the priest who sees the man though traveling is not divest of his legal obligations. And the Levite, who may have been assisting the priest, perhaps traveling not far behind, but far enough to have a separate encounter, was also bound by the same laws. Jesus says that neither stopped, and those present right, knew rightly, of course, for good reason, the purity laws would not allow them to even walk within six feet of bodily fluids or enter a place with a dead body. Laws they could not risk, so cross the road. Our lawyer, he knew this. But next came a Samaritan, 
It seems he was familiar with the road. However, was he aware of the risk he was taking if he stopped? It may cost him his very life to save a man who was most likely a Jew. It seems that the Samaritan was ready to help at great personal risk. Despite the animosity between Samaritans and Jews, centuries of grievances and laws and battles could have stopped him from helping, but it didn't. Perhaps he placed himself in the man's plight and hoped that had it been him, someone would have stopped. Yet he looked at this man, not through his own beliefs and fears, but through the eyes of God with love and mercy, seeing more than a Jew, seeing someone precious. Now, should Christians stand up every time and perhaps put their very lives at risk just to show compassion and mercy? Don't we have people who do that anyway? Like missionaries, doctors, police, nurses, and other frontline people? Why do we need to place ourselves at risk of being harmed? Yet we find that many people every day put themselves in harm's way and often at great personal risk. Showing love and helping those we know is easy and costs us nothing. Showing love and helping those we don't know is risky. We are taking a risk to love them and show mercy toward them because we may be taken advantage of, rejected, or worse, robbed and beaten, left for dead, or we die. Yet God commands us to radically extend our idea of love beyond the familiar and comfortable to strangers and enemies. Loving and showing mercy to someone who may hurt you more than thank you is risky. We have opportunities every day at work, school, and in leisure to show our love, perhaps like places of, um, like humanity, uh, pardon me, Habitat for Humanity, and they are always looking for people and for volunteers. However, Jesus must be illustrating something deeper here, more than just stopping to help someone in need. But what is it? It's about sacred worth. Jesus is teaching our lawyer friend that not only are Jews at all levels of society worthy of God's love, but all people of all nations, then and today. Here, Jesus has reminded the Jews and us that the love of God must be demonstrated through actions, actions that often seem risky and may put our beliefs and lives on the line. Jesus goes out of his way to give frequent reminders to all his listeners of God's love and care for everyone not just a select few. Jesus is saying God has not only commanded, he has acted to show how much he loves. Thus, our friend the Samaritan who acts truly demonstrates the greatest commandment. The Samaritan had compassion on the man, crossing a boundary 
and asking himself, to whom can I be a neighbor? He touches this man, pouring oil and wine to soothe and heal his body. Now, we do not know how the Samaritan made his living. We do know he had money in his pocket and was expecting to have more when he returned to the innkeeper. And the innkeeper apparently knew the Samaritan well enough to trust him. Perhaps by now, though, Jesus, pardon me, perhaps by now, through Jesus, the lawyer and those with him are learning about the true intent of the law. Jesus has not only turned it on its head, he has exploded it open, revealing the truth. God loved us first. Enough to create us, enough to endure us through our disobedience and sin, and more than enough to send himself as the word made flesh and to sacrifice his son Jesus. He saw us as worthy and precious. Would the lawyer risk believing that? Would you? I wonder, do you now see Jesus has presented himself in the guise of the Good Samaritan, knowing he would be rejected and hated and plotted against, robbed of his dignity, bruised, beaten, bearing stripes on our behalf, and dying for our sin that we may live. The Samaritan showed who he was beyond the cost of a wage he paid to save and heal the broken man found along a cruel, bloody desert road. Deserted, shunned, and half dead, the man on the road is us. Until a stranger, a Samaritan, Jesus, came and saved us, someone we did not recognize as a savior. The Samaritan loved at great cost. Interesting how the innkeeper trusted the Samaritan, not knowing when he would return, but trusting he would pay the debt. We don't know the end of that story, but we do know the end of Jesus' story. His story becomes our story. It's what joins the body of Christ together. So yes, we can risk. We can because the Samaritan risked his own life to show mercy on a road riddled with fear, uncertainty, and violence. Jesus knew the risks taking the red and bloody road to Jerusalem, yet he took it anyway knowing he was at risk of losing his life. The man benefited from the Samaritan's risk, and we benefited from the Savior's. The man was saved, lived, and gained his life back, and we gained ours too, a life that was in jeopardy of being lost. Did the man know his Savior? Possibly, as it was the next day that the Samaritan departed. The man, as well as the innkeeper, knew he would return along the same road one day in the future. Despite having lost all he had, the man gained the benefits from the Samaritan risking everything. Risking 
love does come with benefits. By now we understand that Jesus is the neighbor par excellence, who risks everything to love the world. Jesus fulfills the greatest commandment by his very presence. And John 3.16 tells us of the Father's love in sending his only unique son, knowing the cost, but sent him anyway because he loved his enemies first. Jesus fulfilled this commandment to the extreme, turning a restrictive love into the epitome of liberating love, setting us free by showing us compassion and mercy to a dying people by dying for us. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Jesus risked it all for love. Jesus says to us that in order to gain eternal life, we are to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. Through loving God, we learn to love our neighbors, and we learn to treat ourselves better. Through learning to love God, we trust that he has our best interests at heart. Through, re the, through learning to love God, he enables us to reach out to those we believe are our enemies. And it will become easier when we rest and place our lives in Jesus' hands. We know Jesus loved us so much, he gave his life for us. Jesus asks the lawyer as he asks us, which of these three was a neighbor? Which of these three risked showing love? The lawyer knew the answer, and we know the answer. The one who showed mercy. As Jesus challenged the lawyer, he also challenges us. Then go and do likewise. Risk being like Christ. Take up your cross and follow him. Be the ones who show mercy, because Jesus knows, when you ask, to whom can I be like Christ today and share the free gift of love? Well, that's risky business. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, by the power of your Spirit, Give us strength to live out the message we have heard today. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.